You're listening to episode 42 of Alexa in Canada, the voice experience. She's got, She's skills. got skills. My name's Terry Fisher, and here's the deal. Voice technology is changing so fast, and I'm trying my best to keep up with it. I'm here to learn everything I can about Alexa, so you and I can figure her out, and so we can make our lives more organized, relaxed, stress-free, and even have some fun. Let's learn some skills. Hello there, and welcome to episode 42. Uh, today, we cover a topic that I haven't covered on the uh, podcast yet, which is kind of surprising to me after the fact that we're already up to 42 episodes, but we cover the financial sector of voice. But of course, just before we get to that, I want to tell you a little bit about the sponsor for the show today. Of course, this show is sponsored by the Alexa Conference, which is presented by VoiceFirst.fm, and it is the worldwide gathering of Alexa developers and enthusiasts. This one's going to be taking place January 15th to 17th in Chattanooga, Tennessee, and as you may know, I am going to be a speaker there, and I'm really uh, pleased and privileged to be able to, uh, to, be, to participate in this conference. Tickets are available right now. Uh, the promo code Alexa in Canada will get you 20% off. And of course, I will have a link to it in the show notes page. And the show notes for this uh, for this episode can be found at alexaincanada.ca slash 42. Now, just before we get to our guest, I have one quick announcement. For those of you that have already joined the Flash Briefing Formula course, uh, thank you. And uh, we are seeing some uh, incredible progress in Flash Briefings. Uh, today's the last day to sign up, so I will just mention that again at the end of the podcast, but I really wanted you to be aware of that. Now, today it gives me great pleasure to welcome Rachel Batiche onto the podcast. She is the co-founder and the chief revenue officer of Conversation One, which is a platform that helps organizations to easily leverage conversational devices and services for better communications with their clients. They do a lot of work in the financial sector, as I mentioned, but the platform can also be used uh, to develop skills and actions and other voice experiences, which can then be deployed among many different uh, platforms. So if that's something that you're interested in doing, then this uh, podcast episode certainly is for you. So uh, let's get to it. Without any further ado, I want to wa- I want to welcome Rachel Batiche onto the podcast. So hi, Rachel. It's a pleasure to have you on the podcast. Thanks so much for joining me and the audience here of Alexa in Canada. Hi, Terry. Thank you so much for having me there in Canada. It's, it's my pleasure. So let's start off with telling the listeners a little bit about who you are and what, what is your background? Ah, wow. Okay. So uh, I'll start from today. So I am one of the founders of a company called Conversation One. Uh, we are a data management system for conversation application. We offer a build once deploy anywhere platform to build anything from Alexa skills to Google Home Actions, chatbot, phone solution, texting, and all kind of other platforms. I've been doing it for the last two years, um, almost two years. Prior to that, I had, um, I've been working on another product um, as part of the startup, and I actually started my way in nonprofit organizations, um, but been focusing on conversational solution for um, um the last two and a half, three years. Uh, originally from Israel, moved to the U.S. three years ago, currently in Sunnyvale, California. 
Um, and I look forward to for today's uh, podcast. It's great. So you're you're just down the coast from me, a little a little ways down the the west coast because I'm up in Vancouver. Yeah. But it's, yeah, let's high five. But uh, it's a nice it's a nice area to be in California. That's for sure. That's great. It is. It's very sunny and and, and calm. <laughs> nice, nice. <laughs> so what's your what's your educational background like? What did you study when you were What did you study when you were growing up? Yeah, that that that's a long time ago. Well, I actually did uh, political science and international relationship. Um, I have no technical background. I was always very interested in things around design um, and, you know, more about the user experience and how you leverage technology for communication. Um, so I come from the world of words, which became very helpful as I was starting to work on conversation one. I think that when we're thinking about building conversational solutions, there are the technical, you know, challenges or the technical requirements that you have to, you know, figure out. But I think that today the the understanding that in order for us to create a good conversational experience and definitely when we talk about voice, but also as chat, is how do we how do we bring the words into the conversation? How do we bring that person into that automatic solution? So I think that looking back when I started, you know, university, I didn't really know what am I going to do with it? Um, wanted to be a politician, but I think it ended up actually not being so bad that, you know, by using words, um, we could actually build better machines. So I think I kind of found my uh, my place right now. That's great. It's it's really interesting because that's such a that's such an important uh, point that you just raised about how there's a lot more that goes into creating good voice interactions with the technology than just throwing mm. some words together. And uh, you know it really makes a difference between a good, uh, well designed um, application or or not. So and I know mm. and I know you're writing a book about that, and we're going to get to that as well. But let's let's go back just to conversation one for a little bit uh, here because. Mm -hmm. One of the other things that I know that Conversation One is is really excelling at is in the financial sector, and we've never really had somebody on the podcast yet uh, so deeply uh, involved in the financial sector. So I'm wondering if you can tell us a little bit about, you know, what does what does your product do? A little bit more about Conversation One, and also maybe a little bit of an overview of how you see voice um, impacting the financial sector. Yeah. So um, when we started Conversation One, we knew from the beginning we want to target financial institutions. We, uh, both me and my co-founder uh, Chen Lefkovich, we knew that there is something around um, financial institutions that voice could make um, even better in terms of our interactions as as customers. Working on the previous product, we worked also. Uh, with financial institutions, we understood their limitations, uh, both in terms of regulation, technology, knowledge. And when we started building the product, we said, okay, let's see how we can democratize that. Let's see how each one of the 12,000 different financial institutions in North America can be that, you know, capital one, can be that pioneer in, in the world of voice. And I think that um, if you look today, even... So one and a half years, almost two years after we started, there aren't so many financial institutions in the conversational space. Um, so it 
it does take time for those organizations to adopt into new technologies and um, for many reasons, right? So there's regulation, there's security, there's, again, technology limitations and a lot of know-how uh, blockade, I would say. So a lot of people don't really know how to handle that. So when we started Conversation One, we actually started from voice. So Alexa just popped out and uh, Google's just joined. And we said, okay, let's see how we can help those, uh, you know, banks and credit union build uh, good conversationals, you know, um, interactions with their clients. Mm -hmm. um, starting from voice and not from chat um, made us actually, uh, or made the platform a little bit more robust in terms of having conversational um, interactions with the client. The reason for that is that there are no screens, right? If you're using a chatbot, you can write, you can see something. When you use voice, you're screenless, right? Mm -hmm. um, and that that actually um, makes you or um, forces you to create a conversation, which is, um, or a real conversation is if you were talking to to a person. So when we built Conversation One, we, uh, we knew we we're going to, uh, have to deal with a couple of uh, technical limitations and a couple of linguistic or conversational limitations. So hmm. um, building the, the solution for financial institutions, we actually already figured out what are the conversational flows that would make sense for banks. So we started out with general questions, right? Like where's the nearest ATM or what is the exchange rate of Euro or general question that we saw people, you know, asking or calling the bank or looking at uh, different online banking solutions. And then right. we said, okay, that's, that's very broad. Let's try to see how we can, you know, get value from actually talking to Alexa or talking to a Google home. Mm -hmm. And then we started adding more questions that are um, related to account balances, transactions, insights is very important. So how much money did I spend on? Um, you know, fast food, how much money do I spend on groceries, etc. So all of those questions and different permutations of those questions started to add up. Um, right. and, and then a lot of people said, wait, but if I can know about my balance, maybe I can actually transfer money or I can pay a bill. Why would I have to go to do that on my app or on the website? And then we started adding also um, those functionalities. And of course, with this came a lot of um, security issues and architecture issues, and the, the platform became really robust. Um, another thing that we did is, um, and I don't know how many you know of our listeners actually understand or, or know that, um, but when you build a conversational solution, if you want to keep it dynamic and not just provide a question and answer, you have to pro to connect it to some sort of an API at the back. Uh -huh. um, financial institutions, a lot of them don't really have access to APIs of their online banking or the core banking. So that was that was a challenge at the beginning. So what we did is we uh, we pre-integrated with around 10,000 different financial institutions APIs wow. so that they don't have to go through the hustle of, you know, approaching their core banking solution or online banking solution and asking them to do that work for them, because that could take uh, months to years and it can also cost a lot of money for them. So building the conversation and connecting to, to the APIs made it very easy for um, our clients to, you know, onboard and say, okay, let's have that Google Home solution. Let's have that Alexa solution. Um, 
So very fast, we started to add more and more uh, financial institutions. Credit unions were very, very um, intuitive into into using the platform. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I think in terms of how to like the question, what do I think or how would voice impact uh, financial uh, institutions? Um, <clears throat> I think that in general, a lot of the things that we do today using our apps or using the web are going to transfer into voice. It, maybe not necessarily Alexa or the Google Home. It could be a, a phone even, right? But the phone will be conversational. It's not going to be those IVR systems where, you know, press one, press two. Right. It's really going to be around conversations. Um, we, I think we're going to skip a lot of the stuff that we got used to doing on our apps, uh, on our website. We're going to run it through voice. And I think when it comes to banking, and questions or, or things that we tend to think of when we do not necessarily sit in front of a computer or maybe we don't even want to talk to someone if we want to check on loan rates, if we want to apply for a loan, if we want to make sure that we just paid a bill or, you know, if we set an auto payment, a lot of stuff that, you know, we sit in our living room or we're in our car and we just want to make sure that, you know, things were figured out for us. Um so while it does take a little bit longer for financial institutions to adopt, I think this is something that is really going to change um, how we interact with our banks, uh, even much more than than mobile and apps did. Interesting, interesting. And what's been the what's been your experience on the uh, I guess the perspective of the consumers? Are they are they quite happy to do these sorts of banking um, interactions through voice? Yeah, so I think this is a great question because we can see, you know, working with our clients, we can see the analytics and we can see the adoption rate. And um, um, as part of the platform, we also provide insights as for, you know, what are the flows that people are actually taking advantage of? So what are they asking? And one of the things that we see is what people are asking that we're not yet covering. So the reasons for us to add all of those different use cases was that people were actually asking for them. So if we thought at the beginning and if, you know, those financial institutions were reluctant on providing personal information, it was very clear, you know, after people would ask, you know, the questions that the, um, uh, the Alexa will tell them like, okay, you can ask, you know, my routing number or you can ask uh, the nearest ATM. Very fast people would say, can you tell me what's my account balance? Can you tell me how much money I spent last week? So people were very eager into receiving that information from, um, from from Alexa. So I think that on the side of the consumer, we're so used to now, you know, talking to those devices and, and getting those devices work for us. So why not allowing also, um, you know, the bank to communicate through those devices with, with the customer? I think that there's still some issues around security and people have to feel safe that sure. they are, you know, talking to those devices. I, I definitely think this is the responsibility of the financial institution to make sure that um, you know that the solution that they're deploying that it's it's safe that it's secure. Um, Conversation One is right now the uh, actually the only uh, um, uh, third-party platform that is um, certified on Amazon Alexa for financial institution. We went through a very long certification process on Amazon with the Amazon Alexa team. And a lot of it was around security. We get vetted by every 
financial institutions that we work with. They want to make sure that, you know, information is not going where it's not supposed to. Sure. Uh, we're not keeping any of that information. We want to make sure that that is from information is, is kept private. Um, so I think that as consumers, we already learned to give up on some of our privacy in return for convenience. Mm -hmm. And, you know, using Alexa or using any of those devices is just a step towards it. Um, but still, all the um, all the security stuff, they, you know, you have to take them in account if you really want to uh, uh, make sure that your clients are using it. Yeah, I, I agree with you 100 percent that uh, just history shows that we we tend to give up uh, security. Uh, 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 sorry, we tend to give up our privacy uh, for convenience. And right. uh, I think we've seen that in lots of different forms of technology that have come over the years. So I, I agree with you. I think it's just going to be a matter of time before people become more and more comfortable using this kind of technology. Uh, um, now, the other thing that you mentioned is that you, you really cover a lot of different platforms. But also, in addition to the, the, uh, the financial side of things, you can use your platform to create skills and actions. And that's a really nice feature as well. Some of the listeners here may be interested in developing skills of their own, may, may or may not be tied into the financial sector. Can you comment mm -hmm. a little bit on what your platform allows them to do? Yeah, sure. Um, so first of all, I will start by saying that Conversation One is an open platform. So anyone can go um, either on our website or directly to dashboard.conversation.one and just create their own account, log in with Google. There's no need to download anything. You don't need to ask for access. Um, we have a couple of uh, thousands of developers and non-developers actually leveraging the platform to build their conversational solutions. Um, we build a platform that it has so that it has um, uh, you know, the, the visual layer that does not require any programming, any development. So it's very easy also for non-developers as myself. Um, and there's also another layer um, that, you know, brings some more flexibility for developers. You can actually go and build any skill or any action where a build wants to deploy anywhere. So the whole idea behind it is that you configure the business logic or the flow of your skill or your automatic solution. And then um, we help you take it across. Uh, today, I think it's eight different platforms. So obviously, the Alexa and the Google Home and the Assistant, you could have a Facebook Messenger bot, you can have your own chat bot, or even a voice bot. Um, you could have it as a texting solution that you can send SMS to. Um, and you can even include it as part of your phone um, uh, interaction. So instead of having, you know, a real person taking the call, um, you could have what one of our clients called Alexa on the phone. Um, <laughs> yeah, so that was a good uh, that was a good description. Like the first time you heard it, it was like, oh my god, Alexa is on my phone. Uh -huh. um, so the whole idea behind it is actually to let you know our listeners to focus on what they know, and that's the flow of the conversation they want to have, and then leveraging a, pl a platform to take take it across um, all the different channels and devices. Um, so it's it's very easy to use. We have a lot of tutorials and some videos that can instruct you on on how to build it. It's it's great for the simple use cases, but it's it's even better for you know more complex scenarios that you want to integrate. Um, one of the unique stuff that we um, when we build the platform is uh, we really wanted to focus on creating a conversational solution. So it means that you know you're asking me questions, but you do not force me into that state machine um, flow. 
Um, so you don't build state machine with conversation one. We you build what we call event-driven um, interaction. Um, so the user can say whatever they want, and our system will figure out what's missing in order to continue the conversation. So if you gave all the information, I'm not going to repeat and say, "Oh, can you tell me your name again?" Because mm -hmm. I'll have your name and I'll I'll know that. Uh, but if you gave me only your name and you forgot to mention that you're from Canada and this is important for me, the system will reach back to you and say, okay, so I know your name, where are you from? Um, so the event-driven um, uh, path um, has proved to be very successful and, and a lot less limiting on the side of the conversation. Um, I think it takes a little bit of time to get used to it so that you don't have to you know, force your client to a specific flow. But yet, once you get the heck of it, it just it's great. It just creates like really beautiful conversations. That's great. Well, that's really neat that you can you know even for non-developers or developers alike that they can. It sort of sounds like a one-stop shop where they can just go create their action, mm -hmm. their skill, whatever you want, their 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 voice experience, and then like you said, deploy it to a lot of different um, platforms. Which is that's yeah. really that's really neat. That's really cool. And by the way, we actually also have uh, clients that started by you know building something by themselves on Alexa. Um, actually, a couple of them. So we ended up even uh, creating um, an automatic import from, you know, your Alexa model into our platform so that you can now leverage it across all the other platforms and you don't have to go and build it separately. So, oh, wow. um, yeah, so that's been that's been very beneficial. So I think that once people build, you know, their solution, they understand that because it's not just about building. Right. I mean, you have to maintain it. You have to grow it over time. You have to make sure that people are actually using it correctly. So there's a lot of maintenance work to do, like everything in digital. So if you can do that maintenance thing um, or processes, you know, from one place and make sure that it's working on all the different platforms, then why not, right? And uh, um, absolutely, using our AI system, you can also learn from one device to another. So um, our system is learning behavior of your clients and it um, increases the amount of use cases and amount of utterances that you're supporting. So if you can take advantage of something that you learned from Google and have it implemented afterwards on Alexa, um, why not doing that? Or if you can improve even your chatbot from something that someone said on the phone, why not do that? So right. working cross-platform is not just you know for the ease of you know setting something up, but also for the maintenance and actually making it work better. Right. Oh, that's, that's fantastic. Now I want to I want to uh, ask you a little bit about the book that you're writing because that's that sounds really exciting and I know you're just you're just about completed if I'm not mistaken and so you're writing this book chatbot and voicebot design can you tell us a little bit about the book and and you know what's that all about Yeah so it's all about chatbot and voice design <laughs> <laughs> uh, When I started writing it um, I I had to provide with some sort of a table of content, right? And I said, okay, is there, is there really so much to write about it? And it ended up that I had to leave some stuff out because it, it just became too big. Oh, wow. Um, it's focusing on, on, on designing chatbots and voice bots. So I'm not a technical person. I'm not pretending to be technical, but, um, you know, along the, the last two and a half years, I think I've learned a lot about how to design and how to create good conversational solutions. So there are um, a lot of tips and tricks on how to build your conversational solution. Try to provide with some, you know, methodology that people can follow 
and understand that building a conversational solution. And I, I constantly say conversational solution and not just a bot because there is a difference. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not just about, you know, putting questions and answer questions and answer. There's so much more into it. Um, I provide also with, um, a checklist of 10 stages that you have to go through if you really want to make a good um, and successful conversational solutions, you know, solution for your clients. Um, and understanding that it involves not just developers, it's one step, right? So you have to have all the stakeholders with you. Um, understanding that you need to create a persona around that conversational solution. So mm-hmm. if you haven't Alexa skill or a Google Home action, or even just a chat bot, we have to remember that thing is replacing a person. So we need to think who is that person we would have wanted to talk to and try to bring that into, into that automatic conversational solution, which is not easy because right. it might be that, you know, the person I was hoping to talk to is not the person you were hoping to talk to, but you know, technology gives us opportunity that you can talk to someone that you feel more comfortable with and I can talk to someone else. But in general, you know, it's the same, uh, the same business logic running at the back. So, um, so I, I do dedicate a couple of, um, a couple of chapters around the persona, um, and a lot about how we build interesting conversational solutions. So not being repetitive, understanding that the person on the other side actually doesn't want to fail us. Um, Mm -hmm. at the beginning, people try to fail bots, right? They try to show, oh, that's so stupid. But I think today people understand that using bots can save them time, can make everything more efficient. And they try to, you know, see how they can actually interact with them. Um, some stuff also around, um, how do you present your bot? Um, do you say it's a bot? Do you say it's a person? Um, how do you offer you the other person on the other side to actually interact with the bot? How do you instruct them? Um, I am a big opponent of the selection options on chatbots that you can click for, for from. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that creating chatbots that at the end are nothing but smaller web views uh-huh. is not the person, it's not the purpose of conversational solutions. So I talk about that a little bit. Um, and I think that when we're using voice, we understand that we have nothing to click on. So we really have to be a little bit smarter on how we build it. Um, so building, uh, writing the book was was exciting. It, it was a hard work. Um, it was very exciting. It's, it's also a very dynamic space. Um, so I've mentioned it also before the podcast. As I was writing the book, so many things changed that I had oh, to yeah. go and revise them. <laughs> so it took a little bit longer Um because you know the platform to change the uh, they update right. I mean the Alexa, the Google. Every time something new comes, and then you right. just want to share that information. So, um, but I think it's um, I think if you're um, if you're starting building your conversational solution and you look for some some guidance, you know, around that, and if you are looking for a methodology to follow, um, then I. I think it's a it's a good book to start from. That's fantastic. Well, it sounds like it's very comprehensive, and I'm sure that uh, readers are going to get a ton out of it. Uh, it sounds like you cover a lot of ground. So, hey, congratulations on that. That's really exciting. And I will be sure to include the link to the book on the uh, show notes page uh, for this episode. Thank you, um, Thank you so, so much. Yeah, no, my pleasure. And, and so 
Rachel, thanks so much for, for spending some of your time chatting with us and with the listeners and telling us a little bit about um, Conversation One. And it sounds like a fantastic platform, particularly for the financial sector, but also for others to use uh, for development of their own um, voice uh, interactions. And um, where can where can people reach out and contact you or follow along? Where what are some resources that you would suggest that they go to to uh, to see what you're up to? Um, yeah, so uh, feel free to contact me all, um, over LinkedIn. Um, I I do publish some of the blogs that we write um, on LinkedIn, and I share some some thoughts every now and then. Um, you can find me a little bit also on Twitter. Um, and feel free to reach out to me by email if you have any questions, if you want to learn a little bit more about, you know, voice and in general, the conversational space, I'll be happy to talk about it with you. Um, yeah, I'm, Great. I'm very approachable. <laughs> Great. Well, <laughs> so yeah, <it's> very easy. <laughs> absolutely. And I can say that we, we actually met at the voice summit and yeah. um yeah you were very approachable and uh, we started chatting <laughs> and we had a lot in common it was great to chat and learn about what you're doing in the voice space and and um yeah as a result of that you're here because you are you are one of the experts now in the financial sector and voice and uh, it's obvious in what in uh, with what you shared with us uh today so i really appreciate that so thanks again very very much for coming on the podcast thank you so much darian thanks everyone for listening have a good evening <laughs> All right. Well, there you have it. Thanks so much, Rachel. Boy, are you uh, are you ever making waves in the financial sector uh, and with your platform overall to help people uh, to develop these voice experiences. Um, and also, congratulations on your book again. So uh, thank you on behalf of all the listeners uh, of the Alexa in Canada podcast. It, it, like I said, it's a real pleasure to, uh, to speak with you and uh, to have had you on the podcast. To all the listeners out there, uh, again, the show notes for this episode can be found at alexaincanada.ca slash 42, and there you can access Conversation 1, and you can get in touch with Rachel uh, if you want to do so. And finally, again, just a quick reminder, today, Tuesday, the day that this podcast is going live, is the last day to sign up for the Flash Briefing Formula course, where I walk you through step-by-step click-by-click with screen capture videos, exactly how to launch your own flash briefing. And uh, if you're interested in doing so and taking advantage of this incredible opportunity that we have right now in voice to get your message out, then I encourage you to check it out at flashbriefingformula.com. So until next week, uh, thanks very much for tuning in. I look forward to speaking with you again very soon and um, have a great week. Talk to you soon. She's got skills.